Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 309. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. Tony Katz. Yes, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Got a couple of good uh, topics to get to today. We're going to start with the NBA. Yeah, NBA. Um, big game this weekend. A lot of controversy. Uh, I know you will have some thoughts on it, but uh, Lakers, 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 Celtics, always a big game, even if the teams are no good. But this year, Celtics are the best in the NBA, and the Lakers are fighting for a playoff spot. So it was a, a hyped game, and um, I think it delivered, right? It, it definitely delivered. That was uh, – I watched the first – it was good because it was uh, one of the first games in a while, too, where the Lakers, you know, they got to play – you know, they were fully healthy. Anthony Davis is back. They have Lonnie Walker. They got the new guy from the Wizards, Huchimara, or however you say it. Rui, and uh, it's it's nice to see now as a Laker fan because they get a little bit more um, a little more depth, so they can have better rotation and whatnot. And uh, it's a big part because you're going to need that to compete with the teams in the West in the playoffs. And uh, I have this one little conspiracy theory that I have—not conspiracy theory, but Russell Westbrook. I've noticed when he plays the bad teams, I feel like he can get away with doing everything he does. He does well, but it's like when he plays the good teams. He's, it's better defense, and he's just not a great shooter. And it's like he's a great facilitator out there. He can get some assists. He's a good – he gets the hustle stats. He's the Tasmanian devil out there. But they showed his stat line multiple times throughout the game, and it was like 0 for 6. It was like 0 for 3, 4 assists. Then it was like 0 for 6, 8 assists. And it's like, please stop shooting, dude. And it's like he, he does not stop shooting. But he's just, it's just the most hot and cold that you're going to get with him. But I, I just have a bad feeling that it's like when he plays the bad team I and mean, the good teams – just doesn't do as well. But uh, that game definitely delivered. Um, the fourth quarter was amazing. Patrick Beverly was becoming the unsung hero at the end of that game. And he had, there was a moment in that game where uh, the Celtics, I, I believe the game was like tied or was the Celtics might have been up by one or something. But or I don't remember. But Patrick Beverly in a key situation was open for three. And it was like, I feel like about a minute left, a little over a minute. Shoots a three-pointer, makes it, and it just made me think of, I think it gave the Lakers the lead, and it made me remember the moment in the NBA Finals Game 7 against the Celtics when Ron Artest was wide open, and he even talks about how he's like, I could hear Phil Jackson in my head saying, don't shoot, don't shoot. He's like, but I said, fuck it, I'm going to shoot it anyway. And he made it, and it's like, that made me think of that for whatever reason. And uh, then, you know, the Celtics tied it, and then Patrick Beverly made the best play I've ever seen him make offensively when he did that putback dunk and it took everybody by surprise. The reactions on all the Laker players' faces was priceless. And that gave the Lakers the two-point lead. And then um, I believe – that actually, I want to say that gave them either a two-point lead or three-point lead because then I believe Jalen Brown got fouled and made the and made the end one. And that's what tied the game. And then the controversy happened when LeBron James drove in and, you know, there's – a foul block, what you know, everything that happened, and at the as the naked eye, obviously as a fan of the, um, watching TV, you don't get to see it at first, but you see LeBron go absolutely nuts, like literally nuts. And I mean, he's got the bad reputation because he does complain a lot. And I mean, me as a Laker fan, I will say he definitely complains a lot. But the way he was complaining this time made it seem that like he was, it was like very certain he got fouled. And then of course they show the replay, and you can see it was. A clear foul, blown call, and then Patrick Beverly does what Patrick Beverly does and <laughs> did a move I've never seen before where he went to the sideline, picked up a camera from one of the photographers, and showed the ref the still image of the foul. Immediate technical. I've never seen somebody start off in overtime shooting a technical free throw. I mean, have you? That was. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened before. Oh, yeah, I know it's but... happened out of a half. I've seen that before, but. Yeah, um, but you've got to give credit to Beverly. He's creative. He is. Um, he, he, he does help teams. Like oh, Everyone hates him, but I had him for a few years. Um, and you could see it in the game. Uh, I think it was the game before where they came back on Portland, um, or maybe that was even longer than that. But he was taunting uh, Lillard at the end of that game. It was, it was, uh, that was about a week and a half ago. Yeah, and it just that's what he is. is like, and you're going to get shit on sometimes where – um, you know, you're losing and he shoves Chris Paul in the, in the back and it's just like, wow, that's not good. 
Um, but I think that kind of stuff helps the team, even though it costs him a point there. Um, I think, and I think they've seen the results that he's kind of steadied the team a bit. I mean, obviously LeBron is most responsible for um, their turnaround this season. Um, but I, I think he just helps. I think people like playing with him. Oh, yeah, you don't want um, to play always has, He always has your back, and you, you know that. And I think that's and, – and his teammates, his former teammates, like after that Clippers game, they all hugged. He was, a, he, was a, he was an asshole to them the whole game, trying to, you know, get Kawhi, like trying to steal the ball from him. And then after the game, they're all hugging. So I think Patrick Beverly is, he's got is a, a great respect, teammate. I think. Yeah. yeah, and he's, he does because he does have your back, and I think that's what's important. And, uh, yeah, and there was an interesting stat. Lakers did go on to, obviously, as we all know now, lose that game. But uh, there was an interesting stat I saw that was actually posted on Instagram by Snoop Dogg that said how the ref Eric – what is his name? Lewis. Eric Lewis came Ramon writing. Eric Lewis, apparently since 2020, Andy, have you seen this stat? Since 2020, when Eric Lewis has refed Boston Celtic games, the Boston Celtics straight up are 36-2. and two. I think it was debunked, but it was it. Yeah, but it was still like really. It was like, oh, actually, they're fifty-one and twenty-two or something. That's still crazy. Which is still a great record. Um, but yeah, I think that record was. But I don't, I don't know. I don't. I have. I didn't do the research myself. Yeah, um, Snoop Dogg might have done the research himself and got it wrong. But you never know. Um, yeah, I think um, it was so bad that you do have to ask those questions. But I think those bad calls do happen. If you actually yeah. do start looking into it, you're like, yeah, really oh, bad. Just like that happens all the time. And it's I was, uh, and it sucks because the Lakers the last month have felt like they've been on the wrong end of multiple of these. Well, LeBron specific too. So I think it's got in their head. Um, and the the committee, the referee union, I guess, tweeted out and they did say, oh, it was gut-wrenching. This, after we saw the replay, like that's going to haunt us for a while, you know, blah, blah. And so, I mean, they're at least made aware and hopefully things do get better. But I was actually listening to uh, on my way here actually the podcast that Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes do. And Steven Jackson was saying how he's like those two very level-headed guys. Yeah, yeah. He was saying that that call, uh, that stuff happens. He said back when I was playing all the time, he's like, you get fouls, you know, he's like, you know, the fouls are part of it. And he's like, there's going to be missed calls and you know, it is what it is. And he even said too that, uh, he talked about how he's like the one guy, he's like social media wasn't really around when he was like, you know, in his prime of playing and whatnot. And he basically said, he's like the one guy, who he said got fouled a lot that they really didn't call a lot was a uh, run our test. Cause he said when run our test would go against guys, most of the small forwards he'd go against, I think were, he was bigger than them. And so he yeah, said, there's he a combination of things there. He's, he's mean to the refs. He's big and strong. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like the same thing. Like Shaq will get fouled every play, but they don't call it because what are you going to do? Yeah. How can you? Um, yeah. I mean, LeBron's the same way. It's like, I think, him going to the hoop, they're just like, well, we're not calling a foul. And I was just going to so. say that. And that's the thing is at the end of the game, refs swallow the whistles. The refs don't want that game to – they don't want a foul. I mean, unfortunately, it was a blatant, obvious foul. But it's one of those things where at the end of the day, the refs, especially when someone drives in like that, they're swallowing the whistle. They're swallowing it in general because the last thing they want is to blow that whistle and leave .3 seconds on the clock and have LeBron get to go to the line for two free throws – with a chance just to make one to win the game. And then especially more so when you're on the road also, I think, I think that makes it even, even worse. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's, my feel about the Lakers. I mean, that's what I want to say with the Lakers is they got to, they got to move on. Uh, They're on this road trip here. East coast road trip, always tough. LeBron and Um, uh, AD did sit out against uh, Brooklyn, which was their first game after. So you gotta, you gotta keep going. They're winning by one as of right now. So uh, against the Knicks. So you just gotta get through this. I mean, they're, yeah, they They're on the outside win. looking in right now. So Westbrook having a better game tonight, ten points. The new guy though, Huchi, Hachimura. Oh, that's good. Pretty good so far. He started tonight. I think this was his first time starting. So he, they probably wanted to get him like into sync first, and I think now he is going to be their starter. That's interesting. I mean, Thomas Bryant has been like dominant. <laughs> He's been so good hitting threes and stuff that um, not going away from him. But yeah, Lakers can't afford to uh, you know have a hangover here. They gotta, they gotta keep playing if they want to get back into the, the even the tenth spot. Yeah, yeah, they definitely. Uh, the time is now, and this is obviously an unfortunate, tough road trip. And uh, also, LeBron James is noted going into this game, 117 points away from breaking the record. Um, I believe he'll probably get to do it at home because I think that's what the Lakers want. And I feel like I think that next home game of theirs is against the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, um, and I, that game would be. Um, be at home on Tuesday, February 7th. So a week from today, 
<clears throat> and I believe they think that's possible that that could be a time where he could break it. I imagine he could be about 30 to 40 points away. And I think, I think as long as he's under 40 points, like around 40 points away, I think he's going to, it's going to be one of those games where Oklahoma seems like one of those teams where they could try it there. But as I'm looking at this schedule, their next game would be Thursday, the TNT mat, uh, night cap against the Milwaukee Bucks. And that seems like a game to break it against because, and let me just say this right now, Andy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. played for the Lakers and he played for the Milwaukee Bucks. Is Kareem even going to do like anything, even like do a blog post? Like, he seems to be so checked out on, on the Lakers and everything. So, um, Kareem famously hates everything and everybody. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know if he's, he probably doesn't care. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But, uh, Let's we'll see uh, what else we got to talk about in the NBA. We got a big uh, All Star Weekend coming up. Yeah, so they uh, they finalized the starters, and there's a little bit of controversy or people being upset. I'd say um, controversy happens here in uh, in the East, um, where no centers were voted in uh, because they changed it to two guards, three forwards. So all the centers are eligible as forwards, um, and the three forwards were Giannis, Kevin Durant, and Jason Tatum, which is like. That makes sense, right? But who are you leaving out there, of course, is uh, Joel Embiid, who is already a big baby. Like, we all know that about him already. He complains about things and all this stuff. So he was very upset that he wasn't an all-star starter. Um, maybe he deserves it over KD because Durant has all these injuries. Um, but Durant's having, like, quietly, or maybe not quietly, like, an incredible season, like, just shooting the ball like crazy. Yeah, he was um, having a good season. Uh, but yeah, Embiid is not happy about that. And then he took it out on um, Jokic, I think, in their game. Uh, then at guard, you got uh, Donovan Mitchell, new uh, East Co- Eastern Conference player, and uh, Kyrie Irving, who um, you know is living his best life in this uh, post-pandemic <laughs> world. Uh, it's been really good. And Brooklyn's been this kind of surprise story that they were left for dead uh, with Steve Nash coaching the team, and they they're <clears throat> one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, yeah, so definitely deserving. Uh, then the West, um, I do have a typo here. I'll get to it. Uh, LeBron, Jokic, and Zio, <laughs> uh, Zion Williamson um, is the last forward there. Um, cool, That's cool. I don't think Zion's played in an All-Star game yet. Um, and that'll be fun because the All-Star game is always these exciting dunks. <laughs> but so I, would, I would bubble wrap the shit. If I'm gonna so I'm, but I'm just saying, they're going to be too tempted. I'm excited to see Steph Curry be throwing up some crazy alley-oops to Zion Williamson. Yeah, I mean, if he even plays because he's not that's right, that's a good point. Um, and then Steph and Luca at guard. So uh, that's a nice little lineup there. Um, we don't have the full rosters yet. I think they did announce the coaches today. And um, well, I mean, the other thing is we talk about these players. They're they're picking the teams live or at on the, team, yeah on during a, the game. Yeah. So yeah, you don't know who's going to be playing with any of these guys. But these are they do the starters by conference and then you know the teams by conference and then let everyone pick. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. That's this seems like the right rosters, right? There's no MB could be upset, but yeah. I mean, I think I agree with what you said. I think the only, I mean, yeah, who could you replace him with? I mean, maybe KD, like you said, but he's having a good year. And then, I mean, what can you do? Tatum's I mean, having a better year on a better I'll team. Say maybe you can replace him with Kyrie, and you put like, but I mean, he's the guard. I mean, the point guard. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's weird things you could say. Oh, don't do the positions; just do the five best. And yeah, in that case, exactly. Yeah, um, <clears throat> we'd replace one of the guards, but yeah. you'll still make the team, I think. And you know what you should be focused on is actually um, going deep in the playoffs this year. You know, yeah, that's what you should care about. Alrighty, what uh, what do we got next to talk about over here? Are we gonna move over to the NFL, or are we gonna? Did you have um? Hockey to talk about. Now, the only thing I was going to mention in hockey was that uh, we've hit the uh, the halfway mark now with the All Star Game coming up, and um, I don't know. Uh, we've got some uh, pretty good, uh, pretty good start from a couple teams. One in particular, the Boston Bruins, dominating the NHL right now, eighty one points. The next closest to them is seventy two points by the Carolina Hurricanes. Boston Bruins are thirty eight and seven, and then five overtime losses. They are. Dominating, they're averaging almost four goals a game and giving up just a little bit over two goals a game. So they're having a very good season. Uh, a good surprise team so far is the Seattle Kraken. 
This is, I believe, their third full season as a franchise, and they're off to a good start at 29, 15, and 5 with 63 points, which is the third most in the Western Conference, but it is the leader of the Pacific. And uh, now I've got a question. Does Detlef Shrimp go to the games or anything like I that? Have, I have no like, idea. I feel like they need to do something. Detlef Shrimp? I think he's uh, still Hershey a Pawnee. Yeah. Detlef Shrimp is yeah, still, still a Pawnee native. I know he was on some of those... Uh, yeah, I'm thinking those, those, the Sonics teams at the end there, yeah. Yeah. Well, not at the end. That was the late 90s. But at the end, they had uh, Richard Lewis and Ray Allen. That was their And Durant. Yeah, the last Durant. Sonic. Yeah, I forgot about that. And you can also see Westbrook was drafted by the Sonics. And he, has, he wears a Sonics hat. It's hilarious. Um, but he never played for them because they moved to Oklahoma City like the next day or something. But, um, yeah, that is that is a crazy thing. Yeah, that'll be uh, – so it'll be uh, – it's been an exciting up. Start so far to the season. The Colorado Avalanche, who are uh, the defending champions, so I'd like to note them. They're actually off to a little bit of a cold start with 57 points, which I believe has them ranked somewhere around like, you know, eighth or something like that or or seventh. You know, I don't know. They're So right now they're eighth. So they're eighth in the West. And then uh, locally for our teams here, the LA Kings are um, – like a five or six seed right now or something like that. They're um, 62 points. They're actually having a good season. And then the Anaheim Ducks are in the race for uh, the number one draft pick. Yeah, go get that And his pick. name is, uh, I think it's something Bedard or something like that. He's supposed yeah, he was a pitcher on the Mets. Yeah, he's a, this guy's supposed but to be the he's next Canadian, McDavid. so that makes sense. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that makes sense. But this guy's supposed to be the next McDavid, who is the best player in the NHL, and it's not. there's not even a close second. I mean, we all get to... You know, we still have Ovechkin in there, who's you know, with his goals, but nobody compares to McDavid. And this kid's supposed to be uh, supposed to be the next big thing. So uh, it'd be cool to see him come in Anaheim. That would definitely help raise um, some attendance. But uh, I don't know. Unfortunately for uh, hockey, it is a uh, lottery thing also. So even if Ducks end with the worst record, they would still have to be uh, in a lottery for him. So knowing their luck, he won't end up here. He'll end up like in Montreal or something. Yeah, I forget the you know they're even still playing hockey because I've been driving by that uh, their home arena there and I'm like oh good thing there's no traffic because there's no Angels games so I'm like yeah because no one gives a shit about the Ducks right now not anymore yeah when they were doing good they did but not anymore so uh, yeah it's the uh, hockey All Star weekend this uh, weekend and uh, it's always it's kind of fun to watch I mean they do the three on three now in the with the with the divisions so you get the Central plays the Atlantic I mean the Central plays the Pacific and then the Atlantic plays the Metropolitan and then the winners play each other in the finals and it's it's always fun to watch so uh keep an eye out for that for some little entertainment this weekend and uh, some hockey but uh that's all i got for uh, some nhl so yeah we yeah. can uh, move on to the the meat and potatoes of a uh, football yeah i mean the nfl has an all-star game coming up this week too and i have no <laughs> idea what they're doing they're like not having a game there, or there's something. no game it's like uh, skills and i i don't know it's stupid yeah i think i didn't put it on the list but it does have to be uh mentioned uh, tyler huntley pro bowler you excited about that <laughs> It's a little crazy. It's I, I remember when they announced the results and they said Tyler Huntley's like the eighth alternate, and there's a scenario well, where he gets in. So there was a funny thing today, Sean. You'll probably enjoy this actually. So Josh Allen has said he couldn't go to the All Star game this weekend because of a knee injury. So he didn't want to participate. He didn't want to be there, and he was shown today playing in a little fun golf tournament or whatever at Pebble <laughs> Pebble Beach or something. Oh yeah, and it it was a, the quote I saw said. You know, we've all been there with Josh Allen where we fake sick so we can yeah. go play some golf. <laughs> I thought he had to uh, return some videotapes. Yeah, pretty so, good. That's Paul Allen, Andy. Yeah. Who's Paul Allen? Is all oh, that's the Microsoft guy? No. Uh, it was um, uh, American Psycho. The movie, yeah. Patrick Bateman. Yeah, who's, oh, Paul Allen's Christian, his buddy? Christian Bale in that movie. He's, he's like, Rich. he leaves a dinner. He's like, I have to return some videotapes. <laughs> it's a very, very fun time. Um, <laughs> That's a, that's a movie you can go down the rabbit hole with what really happens in that movie. We could honestly do an hour podcast one day, I think, on just that. Yeah, just live screening of it. It's a fun movie. I haven't seen that movie. in a long time. Yeah. yeah, I haven't either. It's a great it's a great flick, though. So if you guys out here like American Psycho, yeah. go listen. I don't even know if um, Herbert dropped out, but he had surgery, too. And maybe he faked. He, had, he went to a doctor. He's like, give me fucking surgery. <laughs> Not, not the throwing shoulders. They, no, they probably took him in a room and like his coaches and were like, if you play in that game, you're dead to us. Yeah. I mean, it's in Vegas too. That's uh, new this year, I think. So, um, But yeah, let's actually talk about some other NFL news. Uh, before we get to the uh, the games, there are some, some coaching changes. So 
Um, the, the first one that we have here is uh, Frank Reich, former Colts uh, coach, is going to uh, take over the Panthers. So um, I think he got a raw deal here with the Colts. I think the owner was like crazy and kept forcing them to hire old quarterbacks mm-hmm. um, and kind of sold them out here. So now he's got a fresh start here. And there was obviously there was some controversy too about this. I don't know if you saw Andy that there was a lot of people out there saying that they hired Frank Frank Wright because he's because he's white or something like that. Like they the other coach they who was yeah. used to be who sued the Cardinals actually because he claimed like racial you know injustice or whatever you want to call it uh, didn't isn't suing the Panthers but kind of their their you know their camp kind of pulled the same thing again. And I was listening to these guys and they said like no that's just not true at all because. Frank Reich is a good coach, and he said the exact same thing you just said, that look at the quarterbacks he was dealt with over there. And, you know, and then Jonathan Taylor being hurt. Now, let's be, let's be fair. He did bring in Philip Rivers, who was very good. But Philip Rivers was 38 years exactly, old. Exactly, yeah. So, no, they're old. I mean, they um, he had one year, old. and they went to the playoffs. They were very good. But, yeah, I'm um, not saying they were and then good. he had to replace him with Carson Wentz and then Matt Ryan, and that didn't work. So Yeah, exactly. Um, I just got to defend Rivers my guy. Yeah, yeah, no, Philip Rivers did great. But, uh, we didn't say bad quarterbacks. We said old quarterbacks. Yes. Um, but anyway, so a good move for the Panthers, I guess. We'll see what uh, can happen to them. But then, uh, yeah, and, and I, I do kind of feel for uh, Steve Wilkes there. He was in a terrible position with that Cardinals team. That was one of the worst teams, like talent wise. Um, and then I think the players liked him in Carolina. He's probably uh, a great defensive coordinator, maybe not a great head coach, but he probably will get another chance if he has another great um, uh, coordinating job. You know, if he goes somewhere else now and does a good job, he'll get another chance. But um, yeah, that happens. I don't. I don't I don't think it's a, a racial thing. Oh, definitely not. And uh, here we go, Andy. This is the one I wanted to talk about. Yeah, an offensive coordinator um, change. Which yep. Is... So Kellen Moore, a long, a Boise State legend, was yeah. the offensive coordinator for the Dallas um, Cowboys. And he is now – he got – and, you know, he wasn't fired. They just agreed to part ways. And I yep. think they were saying that's because Mike McCarthy probably wants to call the plays. And I like I love that for Kellen Moore because now he gets to go to a Chargers team that this next season – I think they're going to be dangerous if they stay healthy. I mean, and now they have a good offensive man, coordinator. They have a, year, but. a coach that likes to take risks, or he did like to take risks. I mean, we, we'll see, but uh, it should be – I think it'll be good for the Chargers. He gets a nice, good young quarterback. He's got some playmakers around him. And and it's a guy he knows because they're both uh, Pacific Northwest kids. So okay. they do have a history. Big fans before they left that. Probably, probably, yeah, yeah. Um, I – I'm very excited about it. Kellen, it's cool because like Kellen Moore is someone we know. Like that was a very pivotal point in college football history when Kellen Moore led the Boise State to that victory over Oklahoma. Just like what a great moment, and they kind of legitimized the that organization. We called them. They're, they're, they did no, they, um, they definitely did because after that, Boise dominated for the next yeah, decade. They had a good, they had a good run. And um, this is the, the last couple of years have been the first time where now Boise. Isn't yeah. the last maybe five years or so? I don't know off the top of my head, but that they're not a not who they once were, which is a bummer because I think everybody always enjoyed the you know the team dominating yeah. the blue field. And, and w- what is funny is the, um, the the Chargers were slow to hire a coordinator here at the end. Uh, they thought the favorite for the position was a guy named Zach Robinson, who was Oklahoma State's quarterback, probably in the same era. Um, he's the quarterbacks coach of the Rams, um, and. They held off, held off, because they knew this thing with the Cowboys was going to happen, or at least they had a, a feeling. Um, like like you said, uh, Kel Moore is a holdover from the last Cowboys coaching staff, and uh, Mike McCarthy came in. He's like, no, this, this kid knows what he's doing. I'm going to let him stay, um, and now he's going to take over. Um, so it's probably mutually beneficial. And then uh, if Kel Moore has a good year, he'll probably be on his way uh, to a head coaching job. But that's how that all goes. Um but yeah, I'd like to see some more downfield passes. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, nothing compared to I guess these next two uh, head head coaching hires. So this next one here is a a should big we, one. Should we do the big the big big one last? Sure, let's go. Yeah. We'll go smaller. And so I guess D'Amico Ryan. Yeah, let's let's apologize to D'Amico Ryan's because yeah, no, he's a good coach, but we don't know how he'll do as a head yeah. coach yet. He hasn't been a head coach. D'Amico Ryan. See a lot of co- good coordinators become head coaches, yeah. and it doesn't work out. They're just better as coordinators. So he's been he's, a dominant defensive coordinator in his time with San Francisco. Um, he was he probably would have got hired last year by a team, but he said, I want to do one more year because um, he was a first-year coordinator. Um, he's going to the Texans, and it's interesting because D'Amico Ryans uh, started with the Houston Texans as a player, won Rookie of the Year, made two Pro Bowls, played six years, 
Um, it seems like he wanted to go here, where the Texans, I think, was probably maybe the worst job, although they do have a uh, they have the number two pick. Um, this seemed like this is where he wanted to go. Like, he didn't want to go to Denver. Um, so, I think I think he'll be fine. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know, I don't got, know enough about a, defensive coaches. Really, he's good. got a bit. You know, he's got a clean slate there. You know, he's got a. You know, he's going to get to. He's got a young team. He gets to hire. Yeah, you got to build out the entire exactly. roster. Basically, so he's, so. they're going to have to. You know, hopefully, it's one of those things where they don't expect the Texans to win ten, eight games right off the bat. I mean, they're going to have to give him two, three years to turn this team into something. So uh, I guess we'll we'll get to see how that goes. And then uh, now on to the big one. The guy that everybody was wondering, where is he going to land? Where is he going to land? And Sean Payton has found his way to the Denver Broncos. Should be interesting because that team, offense, everything was atrocious. And now here comes this new life. And it's just, I mean, if he can do something, then it's going to make that. And then pending still who the next quarterback is for the Raiders, AFC West could be very scary next season. Possibly. That's what they said this year, too. That's I know, but now, but now there's been some shift changes, yeah. though. Because I'm saying, like, I mean, again, I said it's pending on who the Raiders get. I think the Chargers are going to be, assuming the Chargers are healthy, they're going to be very good. Still got the Chiefs that are obviously proven they're good. And then, I mean, Broncos had a good head coach. I mean, Sean Payton's one of the better coaches in the last, you know, 15 years. So Yeah, so I think um, it's important to mention the Broncos did have to trade for Sean Payton. He was still under contract. Uh, They ended up giving up a first-round pick, which was the – 49ers first round pick, so number 29, um, along with next year's second, but also they're getting the New Orleans third round pick next year. So it's, you know, not a big difference, but it does matter. If the Broncos are really bad again, that second round pick could be a nice little pick. Um, I would never want to give up that much for a coach. It seems like wrong. Like, hey, there's other guys you can hire. I don't know how much value there is. The Broncos need to figure out how to get Russell Wilson to be average again. Not, not just good, but average. Um, I would say the concern for the Broncos is that defense has been great the last two years. Is it going to stay great uh, with this new administration? Their defensive coordinator is interviewed for head coaching positions. I don't know if he'll stay up as part of this new staff. Um, but that's always the concern. Is like, okay, we're going to fix the offense. We're going to spend all this time in the offseason to fix the offense. And then the defense gets a little worse. And, you know, you don't even get better as a team on the whole. Um, but yeah, that's the Broncos are still one of the premier teams in the NFL. I, I don't want to, I don't want to say it because you know I don't like them, but I think that's fair to say, right? Um, they also have all this new Walmart money. Uh, a Walmart heir bought the team, so um, they got plenty of money. Um, so it makes sense for Sean Payton to go there. It's a, it's one of the big franchises in the NFL. So not surprising that he ended up here. Um, it did seem like he really wanted the Chargers job, and the Chargers said, no, no thanks. We're going to go another year with what we got. So I don't know. I don't know if Sean Payton's a good enough coach to take them from four wins to nine wins or something. Yeah, I think they would definitely need some other pieces possibly. Yeah. Or, you know, I mean, hopefully, I think all you can hope for as a Bronco fan at, at this moment is that the Broncos completely collapsed last year. They, were, they got to the point where they were yelling at each other. They were get, calling out teammates and stuff. It, it got really ugly last year towards the end. So you just kind of wonder if uh, someone like Sean Payton coming in gets um, gets things back on track and gets these guys not mad at each other anymore and just calms the mood down in there and maybe it produces some wins. I mean, uh, time will tell. I mean, there's no hiding the fact that it's they're going to be in a tough division regardless. Those are three other respectable teams in their division. So... Uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll just see how it goes. I think we should move on to the real games. We yeah. talked to coaches and next year, but there's still a season that's going on right now. Yeah, there is. Um, we had a big Sunday game, uh, two games, championship weekend. Uh, two two uh, tails of two halves. I mean, tail of two yeah, it, in both games. It so. seems to work out this way. One game is not great, and one game is, is exciting. Um, first game was San Francisco at Philly. Uh, we both took San Francisco. We were, we were on that yeah. team. They were the hottest team. They've been the best team in the last had, 10 Had we weeks. known what was going to happen yeah. you know, six minutes into the game, I think we would have taken Philadelphia. And that was that Brock Purdy got hurt. And you know, I'm sure what had happened when he got hurt on the play, he fumbled the ball, so the Eagles got the ball, so we didn't get to see another play from him. And then as the Niners were about to as the Niners got the ball back and were about to take the field again, they were showing on the sideline that Brock Purdy had gone up to Kyle Shanahan and straight up told him, I can't throw. And 
Here comes what the fuck's his name? Josh Johnson or something? Yeah. Here comes Josh Johnson, who's been on. Have you ever seen his track record? Yeah, it's crazy. It, he's been on. And this isn't even exaggerating. Like what? Like. 13 different teams or like something three like different that. USFL teams too. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, he came in and uh, you got what you thought you would get. And it was not pretty. And then I think he made one decent play where he got a nice completion on like a third and like eight or something. And then he got hit by Nadamika Sue, who I honestly completely forgot the Eagles had. And he ended up getting concussed. Yeah. And so he left, and it forced them to have to bring in Brock Purdy, who couldn't throw the ball. And the 49ers, down by three scores, were forced to just hand the ball off the whole time like they were fucking Navy or Army. And they were trying to get cute with some things, with some reverses to Debo, but the Eagles were ready because the Eagles knew they couldn't throw. So they were stacking the box with like seven guys and dared him to throw. And there was one play where they did try some trickery with McCaffrey, and then he looked lost and then just chucked it downfield, and nobody was even close in the area. And... It was hard to watch, honestly, as a as just a fan of football, especially being the NFC Championship game. It, it was really just a bummer that there was no better option than a Brock Purdy that could only hand the ball off. Yeah, uh, they did say he did tear his UCL. Yeah, and they're going to hope he's going to avoid Tommy John. But I think yeah. I've heard some Niner. I've heard from the Niners uh, that they're actually telling him to just go ahead and get it because they're saying nowadays that it's better to get that surgery young. Yep. Older, you're seeing younger guys get that surgery. Yeah, I mean Walker Buehler's had it twice. You know, he's just yeah. keep getting it. You know, it's fun. Um, yeah, it's a it's a shitty injury. Yeah, um, probably the longest length injury out there. Wouldn't you well, say? Oh, for baseball pitchers, it's usually more than a year. Um, yeah, I mean, Dustin May did it in his first month of last season or something, and just what barely came for back. A quarterback, um, though. Quarterback, I think, is will be shorter. <laughs> But it's still going to be twelve months, most likely, which would take you through the whole season. Yep. So, which I have, to, I have to reach. no, I have to jump in. <laughs> Trey Lance, so I have to jump in. So, I thought about this earlier, and then I ended up seeing a post about it literally later in the day today. I said I was like, "Well, this is interesting because now Brock Purdy's going to have to get this surgery, and it, he's going to be out for a bit. And then when he comes back, it's like, how's he going to do? You don't know. You're going to be taking a gamble, Trey Lance." Even if he comes back, it's like, what's he going to – like, how's he going to be? I mean, he hasn't even established himself yet as a pro quarterback. We don't know what he can do. And then Jimmy G, I think, you know, they've been wanting to part ways. I think now it's finally time that they will because only – and it's because – and it's opening this up that I think there's a good chance that I think Tom Brady is going to land there. And I was thinking that earlier today, and then sure enough, I One saw these odds thing. of uh, where Tom Brady's most likely – to land in this upcoming football season. And the odds of that had San Francisco at the top at a, uh, at plus, uh, at plus 150. And then the next team was the Vegas Raiders at plus 175. So very close between both those. And then you had the Buccaneers at plus 250. And then it takes a significant jump and goes to the Dolphins at plus 750. And then, well, Dolphins already announced they're not pursuing okay. him. So, and then you got the New England Patriots at plus 1200. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's going to be the uh, Niners or Raiders with the, still an outside shot of the Buccaneers, but it seems Raiders or Niners, and I don't know. I mean, it could be anybody, yeah. I guess. We'll see if the Niners can even make room for them, like cap-wise. So. Yeah, they were talking about that because I guess there's some defensive players that are going to get ready to get paid. But I did also hear today that Brady already said, like, he'd be taking a pay cut wherever he goes. And it seems like that's what he likes to do. And that's because the man just likes to win. He's like, I got the man, money. The man's got money. He's divorcing a wealthier woman than him. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I used to always say. That's why he used to always be like, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll take a pay cut. My wife makes the big bucks. And it's like, now he doesn't have her anymore, but he's still got his all his, his TB12 brand and all that stuff. So, I mean, I bet there's a chance he's making more money than her now with his brand. Yeah, I don't know how that works. But I don't, um, I don't think she's active. But. Yeah, no, she's not. Sexually, though. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, I think... Um, I think that, I mean, I don't know. I think I have a gut feeling that's where Brady's going to possibly land. And I could see it being like a two year thing. And I think he'll take that pay cut. So that way they can keep guys like Debo and Christian McCaffrey or whoever else they need to, or whoever else they have to sign or keep the defense strong. Yeah. I don't Has know. Fred Warner got an extension yet. He'll probably make some good money. Some, one of them did and I, it, or is going to. And I don't know if it's yeah. him or not. And I know they said they're going to like extend, I think, Nick Bosa. Yeah, Bosa's going to be up soon. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, so. And whenever you give a, a Bosa a huge contract, they always live up to it. 
<laughs> they don't they don't get hurt and then break their helmet on the ground. It's great stuff. I don't know if you saw that, but did you see Joey Bosa get attacked by the Yeah, the fans. I don't what, what what exactly was like said and whatnot. I saw the video, but I played it with no well, audio. I don't know why. Joey Bosa had the the right comeback. The guy was like, Oh, huh, whoa, what are you what are you playing? You're not even playing today. And Joey Bosa's like, you never play. <laughs> I'm actually in the NFL. <laughs> That's actually, that is a funny comeback. But it was one of those things, because you could tell Nick Bosa, I mean, Joey Bosa just reminds me of like a grunt. Like he just looks like a big, they look like meatheads. He, he is, he's not that. He's very weird. Like, he's like, if you yeah. ever watched an interview with him, he's just kind of a weird so guy. So Justin Tucker. I had a buddy yeah. of mine actually do a spring ball with Justin Tucker and said he was one of the strangest dudes he's yeah. ever met. <laughs> Like, I think Joey Bosa plays, like, a lot of, like, Warcraft or something like that. Oh, I'm sure they all do. Like, that's why DeAndre Ayton's going to find him some Warcraft his way out of the, uh, out of the NBA. Um, but, yeah, I think a disappointing end of that season where it was, it was going so well. But it's like, 12 games in a hey, row. Philly was the number one seed. They're the best team all along. You know, yeah, and, and that's the thing. We're, we're only talking about the Niners. we got to give credit where credit's due. Philadelphia Eagles, they looked good. Yeah. I mean. Big, big uh, benefit on that uh, fourth down thing, which I, when I saw yeah. that, I was like, that's like a Des Bryant situation. He didn't. He probably didn't complete that the whole way, and he didn't. But yeah, they, Des uh, Bryant though I thought was the opposite, right? I thought was it Des Bryant? I thought Des Bryant was ruled a catch on the field. They reviewed it and took it away. But it was an actual catch, though. I thought. Yeah, but the, 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 they said like, oh, because it rolled around after. But I think he the, hit the whole ground. thing though was like his actually was a catch. Yeah, it probably should have been. Um, but it was that, that's what I thought was going to be. They're going to take it away, but they didn't take it away. And well, they didn't score. challenge. Yeah, I think that's on Shanahan for just being like, just Definitely. take the risk. You know, you might lose it, but without even knowing, just throw the flag because that was going to be questionable. But I mean, that was a huge moment too. I mean, like yeah. you would have had the ball. You would have had the ball. Like it was uh, pre thirty-five yeah, yards. It was pre-injury. You don't know what could have happened. But. And who knows if he would have gotten hurt? Because maybe yeah. you're doing play calls differently. I mean, there's a whole whole rabbit hole we could go down with that. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, you know, they didn't challenge. It is what it is. Eagles look good. Jalen Hurts didn't have to do too much. I think he only had like 130 pass yards and like not many rushing yards. I think like 40 some, 30 some, or something like that. But the, the run game looked good. They had a trip. They had like three running backs that were able to, I think, all scored or something like that. I think. Yeah, they get all three. Yeah, I think Sanders had two, and then Gainwell and, uh, and Boston. Boston had the other ones, and uh, yeah. So anyway, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl, and uh, they will be playing. This game was the controversial game a little bit. Yeah. The Cincinnati Bengals went to Kansas City. Mahomes' ankle looked good. Didn't seem like it was bothering him too much. And I was telling my friends. I told it definitely him, limited him, though. It did. It did. He didn't fake it. A lot of people were like, was he faking it? I'm like, no, he didn't fake it. And I will say, I uh, I told a buddy of mine on Saturday night. He liked the Bengals. And I convinced him. Or I told him Chiefs. And he was all like, whoa, whoa, why, why? And I'm like, I told him this. I told multiple people this from on Friday and Saturday. So a lot of people are saying about this game, they're thinking it's Mahomes, you know, Mahomes, they're all like Mahomes, Mahomes, like whatever. I was like, he's banged up. And I said, the thing that's going to be the difference is that offensive line for the Bengals is still banged up. And I said, the Chiefs have a couple good defensive linemen and they do well when they're at home and they've been doing well in the last, like they said, the last 10 weeks of the season, Chiefs defense is ranked like ninth overall or something. They've been playing well. Those guys are going to get in there and cause Burrow trouble. And they did force two interceptions. You know, got uh, I think Burrow was sacked at least six or seven times, and uh, and then unfortunately there was a few uh, weird calls. Andy, what was uh, your thoughts on the the third down calls that uh, happened multiple times? That you know the the Chiefs got the first down off those bad calls, but they didn't end up scoring that possession. They did end up punting, but I mean, still. Yeah, I, I think I think it's hard. It's happened before where like the ref is trying to blow a play dead and it doesn't happen. And the ref's like, well, I did, and I counts because I said it does. And it's like, I don't know what the rule should be. Because, um, yeah, there's you're not going to get someone to agree and be like, yeah, it, it, that play should count because no one heard the whistle. Um, so it's just weird how it works out. Um, but here's the thing. like, I, I, have, I don't feel bad for teams that are on the other end of this Kansas City getting the calls because I live, I live it. You know, I play that team twice a year with my team. And they get the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, all their shit. That's just how it goes. They're they're the team. Um, that's how it works. It yeah. sucks, but like, it is how it is. They they get pass interference penalties. They get uh, roughing the passer. They just everything works out for them. Uh, they're they're magic. And part of that magic. And this is what this is when teams get really great and they're great for a long time. It's other teams fuck up in front of you. Um, we've seen it before with um, 
like basketball teams playing the Warriors or teams playing the Lakers back in the day or something like that. Um, you just make dumb plays because like there's all the pressure. So I think the big play at the end of the game, there's no question, no doubt that that was a penalty. And that's just kind of oh, yeah. the guy losing his mind being like, Oh, we got to fucking tackle this guy. And that cost him the game. And I don't know. You get to a point when you're, when you're the chiefs, you have like no pressure left on you. And maybe, maybe they do. Maybe if they didn't win again this year and they haven't won yet, um, there'll be people really criticizing them, but because they've already won, I think it's taken a lot of that pressure off of them and all the other teams make up, make the dumb plays. But, um, and I think the, the situation might've been reversed last year. Cincinnati had no pressure on them at all because they were not expected to win. And they didn't talk all this shit heading into the game last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that was another thing too. Is like the Burrowhead, and they, and they were renaming Arrowhead Burrowhead and all that stuff. And it's like it's a tale as old as time. I don't know why these guys talk shit because all, especially when you're the road team, because it's like all it does is it always just lights a fire under the home team. And I saw there was a video of a couple guys on the Chiefs. I don't know who they were. They were smoking cigars after the game. They videoed themselves and said something like, "We got, well, we'll smoke this one for you, Eli Apple, or something like that." I mean, it's like, like this is. It's your guys' fault. You open up your mouth, and then like this is the shit that's gonna happen. Yeah, but um, in in good news, uh, we both picked the Chiefs. So oh, there, yeah. you there you go. There you go. Uh, I was like, I don't know how the Chiefs are not favored at home. I don't care. Mahomes will still play, and uh, yeah, it worked out. And and Butker made a big kick. Like that guy has had a rough season, but it still made a pretty long kick to win the game. That's give him credit there. Um, they definitely didn't want to kick with him with that. I think 58 yarder was the one they passed on earlier. So, um, but you know, 48 yards, he, he got it done. So, um, I was also, even though I don't like the Chiefs, you know, the Independent Division, I was happy to see Cincinnati lose because yeah, I'm not a fan. I was, I was pissed off the way they acted and in, in the like Joe Burrow is the best quarterback now. Shit was like, no, he's getting he's getting fortunate, and it's just it was a nice run. He won. So what was he won five playoff games in two years. That's, that's a, really nice. That's a very good run. But it was like he wasn't dominating. See, they were winning games. There's a problem I have with some of these these younger teams is they do this. They be they're bad. They're bad franchises, and then they get these good this good young talent in, and then they start to become good, and they make some good runs, and then they get overly cocky, and it's like you still haven't proven anything yet. It's like okay, yes, the Bengals broke got to the Super Bowl last year, but they didn't win. Got to the AFC Championship game this year, didn't win. So it's like they haven't really done anything yet. It's, it reminds me also in the NBA of the Memphis Grizzlies. Very good team, and they're all very cocky, and it's like, what have you guys done yet? The Grizzlies really have done nothing. And it's like, until you guys win, like the Warriors, Steph Curry is allowed, like he's proven to himself that he can run around and shimmy around after like a 90-footer. Okay. I won't allow it. <laughs> because he's at least one, and Draymond's allowed to punch people in the dick because he's one. Klay Thompson's allowed to go out there and look like he's not having fun because he's one. Clay Thompson always just looks like he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he just wants to go home and play Guitar Hero. You ever heard that story about when he got in trouble for getting pulled over smoking weed by those cops when they arrested him? Or not arrested him, but... He was still playing Guitar Hero? No, no. That, I was saying, yeah. you remember that, though? No. When he got uh, in trouble for weed a couple years back, he said that. He was telling a story about how he said, all I was... He's like, I was upset because he's like, I was literally just on my way home, had a nice little sack, and I was just going to go home and play Guitar Hero or Guitar Band by myself and smoke. And it was like... This cops ruined us one night. Good stuff. What? Where? Where? Where was he then? What do you mean? On the Warriors. He was in a time machine. What do you mean, Clay Thompson? Yeah. So California police officers like, hey, you can't have marijuana on you. Like what? This was a few years ago. Yeah, it's California. I know, but still, he was like, he still got like, but I don't know, dude. He got he got pulled over for weed. What do you want from me? He's probably smoking and driving. I don't think you can do yeah, that. Yeah, you still can't do that. But you know. Yeah. Well. Anyway, well, any uh, like, do we want to? Okay, anyway, yeah, I guess we got. The... Well, for the for the playoffs, uh, you went five and seven, and I went uh, seven and four. Okay, because I didn't pick the Chargers game. If you remember, but, that's right. Um, yeah, okay, it happens. Not bad. I don't know. You always go close to five hundred. Yeah. Um, but now we have the Super Bowl two weeks from now. Um, on Fox, Greg Olson's going to be doing the game. It's big for him, right? Probably first time. Um, Chiefs. Did you say probably his first time announcing the Super Bowl? Yeah, it definitely is. He was like in the NFL two years ago. But he was he's been calling games for a while. He was remember that year he he was calling games while he was still playing. <laughs> kind of yeah, I, yeah, he definitely hasn't called one yet because it would have been three years ago when Fox had one. So yeah, um, 
Yeah, and he wasn't the main Fox guy until this year. It so. would have been. So definitely, sorry. I feel like also, like, Greg Olson, a lot of people, I've been hearing good things that they like Greg Olson a lot. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. You know? No, like, as a commentator. No, he's I, good. It's, but also, it's kind of funny, because now I feel like everybody loved Romo at first, yeah, I feel like no, Romo's getting a lot of backlash. You turn on people. That's yeah, it's happens. very easy to. But if you go long enough, it comes around, because Troy Aikman got a lot of that shit for a long time. Now people, now people are like, you know, I like that Aikman. A lot of people don't yeah. like Joe Buck. I honestly, I'm yeah. kind of with him. Joe Buck seems a little like, I don't know. There's something about Joe Buck. The thing yeah. I like about Troy Aikman is he always looks like he's fucking, like, drunk or something. <laughs> He might be. He just looks like a sex addict also. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> he just does. Well, there's a, there's a lot of rumors of him being gay. And okay, so you know I, Skip Bayless it's, it's funny, was the one spreading those rumors. It's funny you say that because I remember this as like in, when I was in elementary school, my dad and his buddies, we'd always go over to my dad's buddy's house every Sunday, and they were playing fantasy football even back then in the 90s, early 2000s. And my dad's buddy, I mean, this was before I even understood. Like I did fantasy football with my dad, but I didn't understand much of like the betting and all that stuff. And I would always go over there and it was like my dad's buddy had his own like keg in the like, you know, old kegerator in the oh, in the house. And they had like, you know, his cigars and I stuff. He brought his own keg. To they were no, they were always uh, like betting on sports and stuff and had their fantasy. And one time somehow Troy Aikman got brought up and I'll never forget my dad's friend calling him. He's like, oh, you mean gay Aikman? And I just it stuck with me. Something like that sticks with a nine year old. You know what I mean? And like throughout the rest of my life, it's like that's all whenever I think of Troy Aikman, I really do think of that uh, that moment. It's uh, it's kind of funny, but uh, yeah, he was not happy about that. That's my little Troy Aikman story, and this was well before that. This was like probably like yeah. fifteen years before. No, because I think before. Skip Bayless wrote about it in like ninety five or something. Oh, okay, then maybe yeah. that's why. But yeah, Skip right. Bayless. Yeah, probably was just a little journalist yeah. or something. Huh? He was also taking notes on a little boy named LeBron. <laughs> this fucking kid. I'm gonna get him. Uh, so the Super Bowl is uh, Chiefs uh, Eagles. It's the Andy Reid Bowl. This is going to be a lot of fun. Andy Reid's playing his old team here, um, who's now making their second uh, appearance without him. So um, that's pretty cool. Eagles have been there three times in my lifetime now. Um, also, the Chiefs, I guess, too. Um, yeah, the Chiefs' third appearance with this uh, this core here. Uh, one and one so far. So can they get to that two and one? But um, the Eagles are favored. One and a half points right now. That, that's the line. I think that line is only there because of Mahomes still not being 100%. So, you know what's interesting about that line? Uh, they showed it at the Circus Sportsbook. At 7.08 p.m. Pacific, the, li- the the game first came on the board. Chiefs minus 2.5. And, and by 7.29, I believe it was, it shifted all the way to Eagles minus 2.5. So a lot of money came in on the Eagles early. And obviously, you're going to get the buyback. So now money is going to come back in on the Chiefs. And this game probably will close, I think, around... Honestly, probably just around one and a half or two would be my guess. It definitely won't get to three because if it gets to three, everybody and their mother is going to throw down money on the Chiefs getting three. It won't get that high. It'll it'll stay around Eagles, I think, between minus one and a half and minus two. Yeah, they don't want to have Super Bowls be higher than three usually in our lifetime. What even is like the – I'm trying to even think what like the highest spread I've even seen in they, the last like decade. I feel like ones. there's been a four or something like that. Or I have to think Patriots-Giants was really high. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm actually gonna, um, but yeah, it been recently, I think they've maybe gone to three and a half. I don't know if we've even seen a four. Um, but uh, yeah, it makes sense. This is like the teams have identical records, but it is like if you look at advanced stats and all that kind of stuff, the Chiefs kind of like skated by, like won some close games while the Eagles were dominant. But it is uh, experience versus uh, a young team. Even though the Eagles won the Super Bowl, Five years ago, five years is a long time in the NFL. Different quarterback, different receivers. Okay, I've, I've got some for you. Okay, so this here we go. So the um, so going actually to what you said. So in in the most recent time, so last year the Rams were actually favored by four. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that. then other than that, it's like okay, there's threes, one and a half, two. So then New England was four and a half on uh, the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. That's right. uh, the Panthers were four and a half on the Broncos, and mind you, wow. both those four and a halfs, the underdog won those games. Yeah. Uh, the Niners, four and a half on Baltimore, and Baltimore won that game. So then the bigger ones over recent time, pay, uh, Steelers were minus seven over Arizona. Yeah. And then, so here's the big one, Andy. You called it. John, let's play a quick game. Giants, New England. This is the biggest one in the last, like, you know, so 15 bigger years. Steelers, nine and a half? Twelve. What? Yeah, that's Over ten? Yeah, crazy. And as Damn. we know, the Giants won that game. And then uh, the biggest one, though, 2002, 
when yeah. Tom Brady was just a child oh, against I, I, the St. Louis Rams. Okay. Yeah. Rams were minus 14. That makes no sense. And guess what? Yeah. Patriots won that game. So if there's anything to learn from the Super Bowl, maybe just take – if you like the underdog getting the points, just take them straight up because the yeah. dogs are – I mean, Cardinals, and Cardinals the should have won that game too, you know. That was a great game. Whether, oh Andy, you're gonna not like this. The, the Chargers yeah, were like yep. seventeen and a half point. Andy, very good. Did you see it? No, but I know that was eighteen and a half. And the fucking Niners covered by oh, yeah, they thirty. Won, they won by twenty three. Very good, Andy. That might have been the biggest spread in Super Bowl history. It is ever since the point yeah. spread came out. And no, I guess the first one would have been in nineteen sixty seven. Yeah. So in all the Super Bowls, the biggest point spread ever was eighteen and a half. Just half a point more. Then Baltimore being 18-point favorites oh, against Broadway, the Jets. Joe Namath. And yeah. guess what? The Jets won that game. I'm yeah. telling you, big underdogs seem to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and Joe Namath has lived off that forever. Yeah. Was that his only Super Bowl win? Probably. Like, he, if that's the thing. If you look at his numbers, like, he, he wasn't really that good. But really? he won he won that game, and it's, like, set for, set for his career. Well, he was also known for just, like, the, the coat, right? Yeah, he was a cool guy. Yeah. You know, my mom, that my mom game, saw him at a liquor store one time. Yeah. That game was... Was Johnny Unitas against Joe Namath? Johnny Unitas was better, but he was like a fucking military dude or something, just boring as shit. Joe Namath was cool, so cool, Joe. Yeah. All right. Well, do we have anything more to even to chat about? I think we'll get no. more into the Super Bowl next week. I think next week we'll uh, talk more about the Super Bowl. We'll give you guys our uh, pick on who we think will win the game, and more fun. We'll we'll give out a few prop bets, maybe some uh, some fun little props that are like you know a little wild, and then. Maybe give out a few player props. Boston Scott for MVP. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. You never know. Crazier things have happened. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, that'll wrap us up for this week's uh, sports podcast. All right. Well, you've been listening to episode 309 of the Tony's Take Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. Happy end of January. Happy See you January. later.